1: NY or text Hope NY in New York.
2: And what's up, what's up? Welcome in. Wes Mitchell here. It is GC Live. It is Monday afternoon. Uh, welcome in, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, or listening on the podcast after the fact, or watching on GamecockCentral.com. No matter where you are joining us from, we do appreciate it. I see that Everybody is um, already in our soon-to-be-named, I believe, chat line. The degenerates uh, are here. Appreciate you guys and girls joining us. I am Wes Mitchell. Chris Clark joining me shortly. <laughs> Justin says, Chris is wrapping up a call, getting information. Wes is shoveling his the rest of his lunch. You have no idea, Justin. How closely you just pegged us. Um, And as some of you have actually figured out, whenever I go to the full screen, um, Chris view when he's on here, I'm doing one of two things. It's either still posting links to the embed of the video or I'm shoveling down the rest of my lunch. Absolutely. Completely guilty. You got us pegged perfectly. We will be joined by Chris here shortly once he does wrap up a phone call. This is GC live. We are of course brought to you by affordable medical equipment. They are, they can be found at affordable medical USA.com 803-926-1493. That's 803-926-1493. Of course, home of the game day chair, which would make an outstanding Christmas gift for you, for yourself. I always buy myself a Christmas present as well. And, um, this would make an excellent Christmas present for yourself. Go check it out, affordablemedicalusa.com. Um, today and this week, really a little bit of a uh, another big week, I, I think, for South Carolina. The players are reporting back to campus actually right now. They were supposed to be back on campus early this afternoon, essentially to report back and go through COVID testing. That's, of course, always the first step. We will be tracking that because more so than any other time, that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on just because there's there's always questions about who's going to report back in an offseason. But as weird as this season has been, with a coaching change as well, with guys potentially looking at leaving – It's always something to maybe pay a little bit closer attention to when you have a coaching change and when you have a weird year and when you have a year where potentially people just aren't as interested maybe, you know, in in playing in a bowl and stuff like that. So I think that will be something very curious to pay attention to this afternoon as South Carolina reports back and just as word starts to leak out you know to who is actually back on campus who has not reported back on campus and what exactly that means um it is 206 p.m right now on monday as of this exact minute there's nobody new from south carolina in the transfer portal um now the transfer portal itself from a non-south carolina perspective has been absolutely popping today as it has been for the last week the portal um New guys in there really every hour. But as far as South Carolina, again, as of right now, by the time you hear this, that may have even changed. So uh, don't hold us to it. But as of this exact second, nobody from South Carolina in the transfer portal as the Game Cox report back for a soon-to-be-named, hopefully pretty soon-to-be-named, uh, bowl game coming up here pretty soon. Uh, bring in now Chris Clark. Who Sorry is- about that, man. No, you did so Chris Justin Justin uh Simmons here on YouTube had us absolutely pegged. He said that if um uh, basically if if we're late at any point that, that means you're talking on the phone and I'm still trying to shovel my lunch um down. So right. I, well, you have no idea how right you are.
3: Or or yeah, that's scary, scary accurate. Or if Wes just disappears off the feed for a minute. Like it's yes. so because I can see his little thumbnail down there and he's just rah, 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 right? looks like a, like a bear or something.
2: Try, trying to, uh, trying to be efficient. Um, you need to eat lunch earlier, man. Like me, I ate
3: lunch at like nine 30. Kevin Roche makes fun of me. Really? See, I'm a late, I'm a late I'm lunch. Not, not nine 30, but I 11 o'clock hour, 12 noon is a late lunch for me. Okay. Yeah. I get hangry. So see, I'm
2: I'm more like 1230 one and then if I, I – I generally eat lunch at about 1 o'clock or so. But if, you know, if, if I have a if, – if something happens and I can't get on and then Mondays are crazy because I do the 1230 deal with uh, with JB and those guys and then we're, we're normally – at least recently there's always something going on. So during the show becomes like the best time to eat lunch, which is probably not the best time to eat lunch. But I, I was telling them, man, it's a – it's another big week for South Carolina with them reporting, and I didn't even get to the point of uh, Wednesday being the start of the early signing period.
3: Yeah, so, um, and, and I was late, as we've documented, so you may have already said this, Wes, but today, this afternoon, uh, COVID testing and meeting for the team and the coaches, so any notes that come out of that that we do pick up, certainly we'll let everybody know if it's not here. Um, it may be you know, on the website on com. So come on and join us if you're not already there. But, uh, yeah, early signing day, man, it's it's here. And uh, it sort of snuck up on us a little bit. Working on some recruiting notes later to post on the site as well that sort of reset everything and and let people know where things stand. But uh, smaller class, we've already laid this out, you know, um, they're not going to sign 25 guys on Wednesday. Please don't go on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Barler, um, message boards and say, why are they not signing 25 guys? They're not going to sign 25 guys right now. Um, you know, they've got is it 10 commits right now, Wes, is that right? 10 verbal commitments. Yes. Some of them, but some of them signing um, this Wednesday during the early period, which is the beginning, you know, it's a three day period that kicks off on Wednesday. Most kids will sign on that Wednesday. And then there are a handful of other targets They're going to look to get in on Wednesday, but it's going to be a small group. And then a lot of things will get held over until February when they'll look to sign more guys from the high school ranks, the junior college ranks. And you got to keep in mind four spots of guys already on the team counting to this class. And then you got to hold some spots for transfers. I mean, transfer market, grad transfers, transfer portal, which you were talking about when I jumped on here late, Wes, is something that's a big part of the strategy.
2: Wow. So, so, um, I want to thank everybody on Friday for the very first time. We actually were able to get some super chats, Chris. And um, Doc Graybeard is kicking off the show today with a super chat as well. So let's, let's hit his question first. Um, appreciate the tip there, Doc. Uh, $5 tip. We appreciate that as always. Um, he says, kicking it in, where does Connor fit in, do you all think? And I'm assuming it's got to be Connor Shaw, right? you would assume Chris, where, where do you think, what do you you think is the most accurate up to date thought on where Connor Shaw is? Because I I think first and foremost, we can say with very strong certainty that Connor Shaw will will be at South Carolina. Like it's not going to be that he, you know, Shane Beamer is not going to kick Connor Shaw to the curb. Everything we've heard about Connor Shaw and what he's done here at South Carolina both in his sort of permanent role that he's been in and in his role with the quarterbacks, has been extremely positive. Um, you know, some, some of it ultimately will come down to what does Connor want to do? Does he does, – you know, he and his family, do they want to be more of an on-field, on-the-road recruiting type coach, or is it more about, you know, his opportunity to continue to help the entire team with uh, his role he was in uh, already – and, but, but then it's going to, I would assume, depend on some of the other hires as well and, and how things fit in. What what do you think is the most – I think it's kind of a moving target we're trying to hit here, but here we are December 14th. What have you heard lately?
3: I think that's the most accurate characterization is exactly what you said, to expect that he's going to be on staff. Also, really don't think it's accurate to say with any level of certainty that he's definitely going to be do, to do this or that you know, is he definitely going to be on the field? Is he definitely going to be off the field? From what we've picked up, it's still sort of a question and really could be either, you know, you do have to consider, you know, Connor, he was, he was an assistant coach for a short time at Furman um, after he finished up his NFL career and got out and uh, started doing something in the private sector away from football and then got back in to the college game by, you know, taking an off-field position under Will Muschamp running the Beyond Football program and really taken to that. That seemed more in line with what he wanted to do. Now, he did get a taste of getting back into the game. And obviously, when you're an on-field coach at your alma mater, it's a little different, right? You're coaching a position that you played. It's at your alma mater. It's it's different. And so, um, is that itch back? We'll just have to see. We don't know for sure at this time. Um, But – you know, either one of those have seemed to be on the table. All we know is that he's definitely going to be back in some capacity. It's a big priority for the university for Shane Beamer, you know, to keep him on and how the dynamics play out with where he ends up, you know, we're, we're still sort of tracking
2: that. Yeah. So that would be something to continue to keep an eye on as this process plays out, as they continue to fill out the staff. But doc, we appreciate the, uh, Appreciate the tip there. Appreciate the super chat and um, appreciate you continuing that trend there. By the way, if you're if you're watching on other platforms, we appreciate it. But YouTube is, in my opinion, the superior platform um, to get on. And they didn't even pay us to say that. That's just, I think, the, the easiest way to, to watch or listen without sort of being cut out with, with Facebook. And generally, the people who watch on YouTube stay for a much longer portion of the show than the ones that are on Facebook or Twitter because it's much more designed. It's designed for you to sit down and watch an entire episode as opposed to Facebook or Twitter, which is constantly trying to get you to go on to the next thing. So we want you to sit down, hang out with us and have a good time. Uh, but as I said, appreciate the super chat there. Um, somebody asked about receivers being in the transfer portal. Um, I mean, Taekwon Johnson is in the portal from earlier this year from actually before the season even started, but Nobody, as I said, as of 206, nobody in the portal that's new that you don't already know about. Um, you know, you, you had uh, Akia Scott was in there, but he's already actually matriculated to uh, to Georgia Tech. So um, nobody – I mean, that's something to keep an eye on because, a, as I said earlier, the, the 1 o'clock – we're now at 2.15. 1 o'clock was when everybody was reporting back COVID testing. I've got some texts in, Chris. I'm waiting to hear back. Who's on campus and who's not, and and who is maybe even not on campus but could be swayed to come back, and who is maybe just uh, done will be an interesting conversation, I think, relating to a lot of guys right now.
3: Yeah, that's the big question. We, we know that South Carolina is tracking towards a potential bowl opportunity. All the signs, all the preparation um, is pointing to that possibility, but. Um, In in this year, we do know that you have to be able to field a roster, a competitive roster, and the SEC, you know, came out with the roster limits. A lot of teams played under that. You know, we just saw South Carolina's last regular season game. They had, what, 16 scholarship guys, I think, on defense. So uh, really, really undermanned. And even since that time, man, um, you know, could they get some guys back from injuries or, you know, being held out with COVID? They could. But we know that they've lost some guys off this roster that, um, you know, are expected to go ahead and start preparing for the pros, those being Ernest Jones. And then you look at offense, Shy Smith, Sidarius Utterson, all those guys finished out the regular season, um, but could, they've already said their intentions are to move on, you know, to the pros, Um, Jones being a junior, the other two being seniors. And so it has created a question, you know, a bowl game at this opportunity under these circumstances, it's a little, it's a little odd. And, um, You know, there's certainly some guys that have been expressed to us behind the scenes. It's a question of whether or not they may, you know, participate in the bowl game. And then you've got COVID numbers after guys have been home for about a week or so for a mandatory week off. So those are all things that we need to track and and see where they fall. And that'll sort of give us a better idea of, you know, the next steps.
2: Yeah, no doubt, man. So I I think the, the big thing here, Chris, going into signing day, by the way, I've got a new I just got sent a new code. For nine, let's see if I can find it. Nine Gamecock Central subscribers right now who want to get on board. That's the new code right there GCNSD for National Signing Day. That is a free trial from today until January 29th, 2021. So go check that out if you're not a subscriber. The beauty of that um, is that the earlier you use it, the more time you will get free because. No matter when you sign up during that time period, it goes through January 29th. So you might as well, if you're thinking about it, you might as well go ahead and do the free trial now because it doesn't add any time on the other end of it, if that makes sense. So GC, NSD, free trial to GameCapCentral.com if you are not a subscriber already. And we look forward. We've got a lot of new folks on right now that I believe have joined us from the show. So we look forward to having more of those joining us down the road. So early signing period. Generally, man, there is quite a bit of excitement for signing day, and generally, the trend has been for schools to sign most of their class, and then maybe add a handful of kids late, you know, later on down the road in, in February. Then maybe a handful of transfers, you know, probably usually less than that as far as transfers go. Very different take for South Carolina this year, as you were saying before we sort of switch gears there for a second, and I, I think you know you, you look at the The sort of guys right now who are already committed, there's 10 guys on the list. We already know that as of today, Monday, or actually as of the end of last week when we were checking on these things, TJ Sanders looking at signing in February, Omega Blake looking at signing in February, John Darius Morgan looking at signing in February. So that that cuts three more guys off of your list of 10 right there. Um, Obviously, we'll continue to track the seven that are left and, Make sure, you know, maybe there may be another school secretly working a guy or two. You never know. That's something we'll have to keep an eye on for Wednesday. And then I think there's a few kids that are worth keeping an eye on if you're a South Carolina fan. It kind of starts for me with uh, Isaiah Norris, who's at Georgia Military, is from the state of South Carolina, was, was one of, if not the first new offer for South Carolina under Shane Beamer. So he'll hold that distinction forever. We need to find out if he was technically and specifically the very first new offer just for history's sake. But um, that's a guy that I I think we were told the previous staff was high on, an athletic kid. Tennessee has jumped in as well, so there's some other SEC flavor there. But he's the one I think you sort of circle as being the name that Carolina fans need to most know going into Wednesday that they don't maybe already have a good feel for?
3: Yes. I mean, that that's where you would start. Um, like you said, early early offer for Shane Beamer, you know, first guy that he jumped in on. And someone that, you know, a lot of people in the on this staff that have carried over for now to, to Shane Beamer um, had familiarity with, obviously. South Carolina was recruiting him a little bit previously, had not pulled the trigger yet. And so um, they, they have now. He's an athletic kid. Um, doesn't have, you know, when you look at size, maybe not elite size, maybe sort of like John Dixon would be a good comparison in terms of the size profile, but he's athletic, he can run, he can leap, um, and he's a really good cover guy. So uh, talking to some people around the Georgia military program, they've really raved about him. Hasn't blown up yet in terms of offers, um, but he's someone that, you know, plans on signing Wednesday, South Carolina, you know, really appears to have a really good shot uh with, with him being a South Carolina guy, Anderson, South Carolina, T.L. Hanna native, my alma mater, as I've said before. And uh, yes, yeah, so, so obviously you look at South Carolina's roster defensive back scenario where they need help. And so if you can bring in a guy who is junior college and, you know, maybe a little bit more ready than a typical high school guy to contribute. And that's the move that you can make. So it seems like a really good match, you know, for South Carolina going forward and a guy that they've got a good shot to add on Wednesday
2: it was interesting chris i wanted to sort of um get a feel for for him and 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 right now you look and recruiting and we we've always known this as far as the pandemic and how it was going to affect recruiting but i tried to pull up some of his tape and sort of see what was out there and you're literally talking about watching um practice film in a lot of cases so yeah. You know, I, I think you look and I mean, you can get a feel for a guy from practice as yeah. you, and this is this is Isaiah, you know, in, in practice, but um and you'll see some of the traits that Chris is talking about. But it's kind of uh it's just weird that this is where we are.
3: Yeah. And you know, so there's there's some high school film, there's some New Mexico you gotta remember, you know, he was at New Mexico military the year before Georgia Military, transferred there to get you know, a little bit closer to home. And obviously they do a really good job. Got a great program at Georgia military. A lot of former Gamecocks have played there. Um, But yeah, with the junior college season being moved to the spring, there's no tape, you know. And so a lot of these junior college guys have now run into the problem that, say, high school seniors have had. Um, High school seniors, guys that didn't have big offer lists, they didn't have the chance to go to camps this summer on college campuses, the private camp sector was even limited. So that has hurt some guys. And that's why you saw a lot of guys jump on offers when they had them early and sort of really hang on to them. Um, junior college guys have not had the benefit of going through, you know, a spring evaluation period, which is really big for college recruiting for junior colleges. And then also the actual on field season, there's just not tape this year. So you got to go-, go off of what guys did before or maybe practice film or, um, you know, fortunately for Isaiah, he does have the last year of New Mexico military and then you got some high school tape and you got some practice tape and you know what he can do athletically. So you get a, a little bit better of a sense for him than some other guys, but it's, it's just another challenge that all this has created with the
2: pandemic. Yeah. So there you get a, uh, a little look at, at him and, and what he's all about, but it just fits. I mean, Chris, we, what have we said? We've said, obviously receiver, linebacker, secondary, pass rusher. So if you if you look at what we've been told as far as like the needs moving forward internally, the feelings on the needs moving forward, but then how it's actually played out so far, you can look at the offers, you can look at the guys they're focused on. It, it very clearly has revolved around those positions. Yeah, yeah, it has. I mean – You you look at positions
3: across the board, you know, needs for South Carolina. DB obviously is, I want to say it's the top of the list, but it's one. And then, you know, linebacker and pass rush and wide receiver. These are the areas that South Carolina's got to hit. And so we know there's some offers out there at all those positions, whether you're looking at, you know, defensive end at the junior college level or pass rush help. You know, you look at Byron Young, also from Georgia Military, Jamori Robinson, who's a Virginia native, who's uh, at Monroe College. You know, he's another one, you know, to watch. Look at defensive back, Marcellus Dowell from Georgia Military with with uh, Isaiah Norris, who we just talked about, you know, receiver with Quay Davis. I mean, they're, they're going to be, you know, searching junior college, grad transfer. You know, you're going to see that route, you know, be taken by this staff. You can't take all those guys, and you can't stake your entire future on the portal. But the reality is they need some help there, and so they're going to have to balance – you know those spots from those places with the high school ranks for the
2: long build. I want to give a shout out to uh, to Greg who is also throwing in a uh, four dollars and ninety nine cent down payment on pizza money. He says, uh, "Shout out to Greg, appreciate that." Another, um, we need maybe we need a sponsor for our our super chatters or something. But I uh, appreciate you guys for giving us a little extra there on the top. And of course, we appreciate our long term sponsors as well. Chris and our friends at dead Soxy, who I maintain that the day you officially become an adult is when you're actually happy to get socks for Christmas. Yeah. And when you're a kid socks for Christmas socks suck, let's be honest. But when you become an adult, you actually are happy that you're getting socks. So either you if you're going to buy yourself a present or buy a present for somebody in your family check out deadsoxy.com. And Chris, uh, I believe they can maybe get a little deal on those as well.
3: They can. Uh, the code HOLIDAYPRO pro will get you 35% off your entire order. So like Wes said, I mean, right now I'm sitting here thinking I need even more dead Soxy socks. So I'm hoping that those guys will hook me up in the U.S. with more, even over the holidays, we've got some really cool product coming that Gamecock fans are going to like that we both West and I have gotten a sneak peek at, but for now, Go check out everything else they have on their site, men's, women's, holiday pro at deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. Super comfortable socks, no slip technology. Um, They are fantastic. I wear them all the time, and you should check them out too. We really appreciate their support. Make sure you check them out too if you want some awesome socks for you, your loved one, good stocking stuffers, and make the adults in your life happy by uh, giving them some deadsoxy socks. They will be thrilled.
2: Yeah, and you can give some to the kids, too. I mean, even if they're not going to be as excited as the adults, yeah, they will at least need them. Everybody needs socks. So, um, why not? If you need socks, why not at least have them be very comfortable and with no-slip technology, as, uh, as Chris sure. says. Uh, got a lot of questions rolling in recruiting-wise. I think, um, again, man, it's it feels weird. It feels different. Generally, there's a little bit different buzz. Now the buzz is more about coaching staff and what's going to happen there. But Steve on YouTube – asking about the different uh, GMC guys. Obviously, uh, Marcellus Dahl is committed to South Carolina. He's locked into Carolina. He's not going anywhere. Um, then you have, obviously, like we are just talking about, Isaiah Norris, who's from T.L. Hanna. And then uh, the other guy being Byron Young, defensive end, someone that is also a uh, – has Palmetto State ties, is someone that has really – God, I, I would say among the GMC program – maybe has the nicest offer list of any of anybody there right now, has really developed a nice offer, offer list, SECs across the board. And um, I, I think you look, man, and I think he's sort of maybe faded a little bit as far as the interest in South Carolina when the coaching change was made. And now we've seen with Beamer back – with one of his teammates signing with South Carolina Wednesday, another potentially signing on Wednesday, and an opportunity for him as well to play play with those guys, get back to this state. Um, there's, there's a lot maybe at, at play there that could possibly push into South Carolina's favor. And then, hey, on top of that, Auburn, I think, was really strong with the kid. And now Auburn has a coaching change as well.
3: Yeah, and that's that's a significant factor. I mean, I, I told you, Wes, when we were just chatting the other day, that you know there maybe wasn't hard information for this, but sort of just gotten the vibe that Auburn was a really really strong player, and we knew they were a strong player, but that was just sort of a gut feel type of thing. Now that Gus Malzahn's out of the picture, you know Byron Young has even reacted to that on social media with sort of a ah uh, uh, man type of stuff, you know, and so that was seen to help South Carolina in its pursuit. You know, Byron's. You know, I think he's already graduated from Georgia military, so he's just just, uh, with his brothers. Actually, he live in Georgia, obviously from South Carolina originally. And so, yeah, maybe this is a a situation where it can work to Shane Beamer's advantage. Um, Look, getting here, I mean, it is a scramble. You know, when you've got some guys that you've got prior relationships with, with some staffers in the recruiting office that Shane Beamer can lean on, but he is a new head coach. He is still putting a staff together. No official staff hires made yet. So. And and then you're up against the clock in certain situations, even for February. I mean, even when you're not talking about just Wednesday for the early signing period, but even just for February, that doesn't give you a ton of time. And so you're having to get in and forge all these relationships, introduce yourself and start working on it. And so, you know, Byron's another one that we we continue to uh, to track and anticipate that maybe there could be some more movement there that's positive for South Carolina.
2: My buddy Joe Paxton on Facebook asked, did the Florida player throw his shoe to show the world his dead socksy socks. That's as good of a theory as any, I think. Um, good point, Joe. Did you watch that game Saturday, Chris? I did. Yeah, I watched most of that game. That, um, first of all, the the Swamp sounded like, as, as it was getting fired up in the end, and that was maybe one of the few games this year that has felt to me like a, a real sec football game yeah as happy as i've been that we've had football this year don't get me wrong it hasn't been quite the same and some something about just the weirdness and the non normal aspect of that game the fact that it was played at the end in a very dense fog that you had this freshman quarterback for lsu on the road lsu just not really supposed to win this game at all, not even supposed to be in it. They're a three-plus touchdown underdog. And then the way it sort of went back and forth in the second half, then the two teams exchanging punts and both sides almost being scared to catch the punt because of the fog. And even the weirdness of the – they had to go to the sky cam camera angle just yeah. because the other one you couldn't see. Something about that game, like, gave me – Maybe for the first time this year, dude, I was sitting there like this is this is real SEC football. And one of my fav- – I mean, God, when he throws the shoe and then you see all of the flags come raining in at once, just – I knew right then I was like this is a moment that will be like a college football legendary moment but for the wrong reasons.
3: Yeah, it almost I, I had to check and see if like Les Miles was still on the sideline. Like did he make a special guest appearance? You know, some of those some of the games he got involved in with the LSU, they just got weird. Or like was Auburn somehow. That was like an Auburn type of game. Like the things yeah. that happened to them. But you're right, it, it was loud. Night atmosphere, it was really cool. Good game. A lot of gaffes on both sides by both teams, but Overall competitive game, much more than anybody, including myself, probably thought. Uh, but it, it, it was a fun one.
2: Yeah, great game. Uh, Rob asks, how far can I throw a shoe? Do I have a live arm? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, haven't thrown many shoes lately, if ever. And I, I do not have a live arm anymore. I have a very dead arm, I feel like, based on um, just getting old. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll have a, th- a, a shoe-throwing contest at some point. Uh let's see John wants to know how fast is Sam Reynolds is he a hard commit? Yes. John, if you were a Gamecock Central subscriber, you would know that he is a hard commit. He is signing with South Carolina on Wednesday. Um he does have verified speed. Do you know his fastest time? Off the top of your head, Chris? I do not, but I can play put on my show
3: producer hat and effort that.
2: Okay, yeah, we'll get that for you, man. He's a uh, speed is definitely his sort of He's he's got speed and he's versatile. I would say is his are his two best traits. So I've um, got I've got
3: something, Wes. Hopefully, I can. I'm a really good producer because I got it so fast. Um, but, but if are you looking for a track time? I suppose just anything. I don't know a forty time, but a track time. Um, he's about looks like a ten eight type of guy, and then in the two hundred. 22 9 2 from last year so i mean pretty good times pretty good times um especially you know ten-eight. that's pretty solid that's not like elite incredible speed it's not 10 4 10 2, anything like that but it's it's fast he can
2: run uh yeah josh just josh you can give me if you're gonna give me money then you can say anything about my my arm strength that's fine um pr- appreciate rob for setting me up for that um so I, yeah, I think I mean some people are saying four four. I think he's a four 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 five probably guy. Which I was reading online. There's actually there's a direct correlation. I'm not going to get all into this, but there's a direct correlation. You know how how much chant would mention how fast guys were running in miles per hour. Um, there's a direct correlation. I saw this from a speed coach on on Twitter. A certain miles per hour almost within tenths of a second or hundredths of a second actually will correlate to a 40 yard dash. Like if you know a guy, if a guy can run 23 miles per hour, which is absolutely flying, um, you can almost like to the hundredth of a second predict what his 40 yard dash would be in an NFL combine style um like laser right. testing. Which which I thought was was very interesting, as big as speed as much as that is a, a factor in evaluation and recruiting and stuff like that.
3: Yeah. And, that, and that's what people seem to be going towards a lot. You know, you, you look at like the catapult system, you always hear coaches talk in terms of this guy hit 22 miles an hour on this run, 21 whatever on this run. And, you know, those are obviously really good marks when you're getting up into 22, you know, range, you, you're really moving. And it's, it's more of a measurement of, you know, you think about running a four, four, or four, five, which obviously is really moving. You know when are when are you fastest? When are you hitting peak speed? And so when people talk about the miles an hour, you know, on some of these longer runs when they're getting up to speed, that's you know what people prefer to use.
2: Yeah, I was going to see if I could find that real quick, but I do not see it um, right now. But that's okay. Can I
3: hit this one from Greg West? Greg, we need to have a session about this. He says he's allergic to
2: paywalls. Why? Yeah, Greg. Greg also, Chris. Greg is not allergic to telling us about his um, how allergic he is to paywalls. Greg likes to uh, brag about how he doesn't like paywalls. So. Hey, it's
3: it's all good, but Greg, man, you should really you should give us a try. Maybe he just doesn't like paying for any content. And if so, that's totally fine. I just hope it's not
2: limited to us. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's just us. I think it's, I think it's anywhere. But anyway, so. Let's see, I had somebody else, T, was it T Thompson? Yes, T Thompson on YouTube. I see her name come up a lot. She is a loyal uh, watcher, so I wanted to get to her comment about how Beamer was on one of 107.5 earlier today. And there was, I don't think there was a whole lot new coming from that, Chris. But anytime the head coach speaks, you know, in like a one-on-one or, or really, you know, a two-on-one deal there with him and Pearson and those guys, it's at least worth mentioning. And you got a little bit of an update from Beamer today. And something that I heard him say, I think it was maybe on SEC Network or one of the other other interviews he did, was that he has had Power 5 interest from coordinators in every single conference, which I think speaks to the overall interest in being on the staff with him. And I I think something else worth mentioning that I think we've mentioned on the show before that Beamer keeps continuously saying is, yes, he understands everybody wants the hires yesterday, basically. They want them over with. But Lincoln Riley, Bob Stoops, the people he has talked with and the people he trusts have all said, get your hires right. And there is something to be said for moving quickly, but there's also something to be said. If you filled the entire staff last week, you wouldn't know that Auburn was open this week. You know, so so maybe, maybe there's some other guys opening up, some other spots opening up that lead you to being able to to bring in certain guys. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean,
3: um, you know, we, we knew as of late, you know, Sort of at the beginning of the process, but we've gotten even more clarity on it in the last, you know, week, last few days. We know that, you know, there's a couple, what I called on the side earlier, hinge points, you know, in bringing in these assistants. And one is going to be the end of the regular season, which for some teams was Saturday. For some other teams, it's going to be this weekend. Then you've got, as Beamer mentioned during his interview with Jay and Pearson on 107.5, you know, you got some conference title game situations as well. So there are still some teams that are playing this weekend. There's some that are finished. Then you have early signing day, you know, which, of course, is Wednesday. And so for a variety of factors, and this is just how it works, it's not really our opinion. You know, it's just what we've heard. What we know from the industry is that, you know, a lot of times moves are made after signing day, Um, whether it's in, you know, more typically, you know, a later signing day in February. But sometimes I shouldn't even say more typically you, you see these moves happen a lot of times after a December signing day or after a February signing day because it doesn't rock the boat as much in terms of of schools' commitments. And then, you know, after schools finish up their regular seasons or their conference title games, you'll see moves before bowls. That's not as much of an important factor here, but those other things are. And it is true that you've got to get those hires right. You don't want to say, well, this guy isn't available right now. I'm going to settle for a different hire just because he can get here five, seven days earlier. Um, You got guys that you're targeting guys you're engaged with, you know, the timeline you go out and get those because obviously your staff is paramount in building a program. And so that's why, you know, you take the time and that's sort of the, uh, you know, that's sort of the explanation as to why it's taking, I wouldn't even say a little bit longer, but why it hasn't happened
2: immediately. Shout out to Susan who throws us a five spot on the, uh, the super chat. You got a question, Susan, love to uh, answer one of your questions for you. Appreciate the uh, tip. Either way, let's see. Um, let's see. Moving forward, who else had a question? Um, oh, so I looked and I did find the uh, the forty yard dash uh, sort of how how they how it works. So 20, 24 miles an hour, Chris, is equal to a four three five. 40-yard dash in NFL combine-style testing. Uh, This is according to Tony Holler, who is a uh, speed coach somewhere in Illinois, I think. 24 miles an hour is a 4.35. 23 miles an hour is a 4.47. 22 is a 4.60. 21 miles an hour. So 21 miles an hour sounds like you're absolutely hauling, but that's a 4.75. 20 miles an hour is a 4.92. 19 is a 5.1, and that accuracy is at approximately .06 seconds, give or take, on either edge of that. So um, that's uh, I I thought that was interesting. Some people may say we're nerds on that one, but as much as we follow recruiting and and all this different stuff and the the more modern ways to sort of handle things, I thought that was um, an interesting note as people start to sort of go more to miles per hour. Now there, there's even a company out there, man, that, that actually will um, look at tape, like look at film of a player and then try to tell you how fast they're running with, uh, with AI basically.
3: Yep. Sorry. caught me mid set. Yeah. I think that's recruit analytics. Is that who you're talking about? Yes. Yeah, I think that's the one. Yeah. Those guys do a good job and, you know, analyze a lot of prospect tape and check it out. But yeah, that's sort of the, That's something that I don't know when exactly started, but you've definitely been noticing more of late that that people with the catapult system and with people like Recruit Analytics, you know, mile-per-hour measurements are definitely, you know, on longer runs, you know, you just feel like it's more accurate measurement than sort of segmenting, here's what this guy's 40 was, or, you know, maybe you look at a 10-yard split or something, but it gives you a good idea of when a guy hits max speed and what his max speed is.
2: Yeah, um, let's see, there's some there's some stuff on here in our chat about Kevin still and the possibility of him being a hire for South Carolina. I, and I'm, I'm, assu- I missed some comments. So I'm assuming the comment Josh is about him being the clubhouse leader at South Carolina for DC. I, I don't, I don't think we can say that at this point. I, I haven't heard that, uh, you know, that he would be a clubhouse leader. I was very surprised to see there was actually some reporting for Auburn, Chris, that had still as being a major possibility for the Auburn head coaching job. Now, I don't think – to me that doesn't pass the test. Like, you pay Gus all this money, and and theirs is due in 30 days, a good portion of it. You pay him all this money to turn around and hire his defensive coordinator? Does that does that pass the, the test for you? It does not. It does not. And,
3: you know, I think Steele's a guy that's been regarded pretty highly at Auburn um, by certain people, but I just – it doesn't really, like, pass the smell test, you know, type of thing, where you very much got to think that it's going to be an outside hire and be somebody else. Now, are there people – are there maybe some people that like the idea of Kevin Steele? Yes. But, you know, is it not just – you're not just – don't don't just have a coach walking away. You're paying Gus on what, $21 million yeah. to get rid of him. So, yeah, that that move just does not make a lot of sense on the surface. If, if that did happen, they're going to get panned for it.
2: You yeah, know? they're going to get hammered.
3: And I don't think – I really don't think it will. And Kevin Steele's been a head coach before. It's a while. It's been a while. And his record was not good at all. Now at Baylor, a, right? Baylor. As a defensive coordinator, he has, you know, a pretty good track record with some, you know, some bumps along the way, obviously. But um, he overall has a good track record as, as a coach, as a coordinator. Um he, he was a really good recruiter back in the day. You know, he, he worked some guys out of South Carolina. You know, you think of some of his stops at Bama and Tennessee. he's, he's done a nice job there, but hiring him as the head coach at Auburn does not make a lot of sense.
2: Yeah. And Josh, uh, my bad, man. I I didn't realize you are talking about the Auburn deal. I know at some point people had talked about the South Carolina DC opening as, you know, mentioning Kevin Steele in relation to that, which I don't really think that's going to be the case either, but but we'll see. It's been, I would say, way as much as some names were mentioned early on when Beamer was being, or, or when the head coaching deal was sort of still going on, does head coaching search, it very quickly got very quiet on these assistant coaches once Beamer was, was actually named the head coach.
3: Yeah, it did. It did. And and I think a lot of that West does trace back to the timeline, you know, where you're not wanting to, you know, rock that boat where you're not, you, you don't want to tank, you, you know, you think about recruiting, there's some things that you can't do in recruiting to tank your chances with guys. And, is similar, you know, in this situation that they're just a certain way that coaching the protocols sort of, sort of work in the hiring process. And one of them is generally guys are going to get through the regular season. This is a weird year. The calendar's all messed up in a variety of ways. You know, South Carolina's hire came very early. The season has gone very late when we're in almost a Christmas. And some teams are going to be playing regular season games on December 19th there's some conference title games and then you've got the early signing period, which we've had for a couple of years now, but it's also thrown in that mix. And so that is what has complicated factors with the hiring process. But the point is you can't, you know, there are certain guys you're going to have to wait on for just a little bit longer to let those things play out.
2: No doubt. Um, If y'all have any final questions, go ahead and throw them in. I think we're winding down here. Um, We will, of course – and, and Chris and I have not talked about this yet, but at we're, we'll do something on signing day, I'm sure. I don't know if we we will do it at our normal 2 o'clock or if we'll move it around. We'll do something. We'll, of course, have complete signing day coverage on GamecockCentral.com on top of any of your coaching search stuff that we'll be you know watching as well. Um, what, Chris, did you think about this Notre Dame or this Notre Dame defensive coordinator reportedly – heading to Vanderbilt as their coach. Um, Vandy, I, I will say, man, Vandy had some really good targets, I, I think, for their for their search, um, did a really good job as far as putting together some names. This is someone that's obviously done an outstanding job, has uh, Clark Lee at Notre Dame. What do you think as far as this hire for Vandy?
3: They did have a good pool of candidates. They really did. Um, you know, and I think even some of them were like – hires that you look at some schools like Jeff Munkin, for instance, at South Carolina, we're not going to relitigate that please. But, you know, here, that wasn't a thing that worked at Bandy, maybe. And and maybe you could say, keep a triple option there. if People are interested in that. And, you know, that might be a differentiator for them, but, you know, they had him, Jamie Chadwell was a name that came up there, which would have been in my opinion, very interesting in a job that apparently there was some, you know, a little mutual interest there, at least. But Clark Lee is obviously a Vandy guy. He's extremely sharp. He's a young up-and-comer type. And he came up in some other defensive coordinator conversations that, hey, would this school hire Clark Lee, would this school hire Clark Lee? Could you get him away from Notre Dame? And the feeling was very much, no, he's going to be a head coach sooner than later. And so uh, that has come to fruition, obviously. Um, But he's a guy that, you know, you tap into an alum there, a guy that's really highly regarded. He's very, very smart. So I think it's an interesting hire. You know, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting hire for them. It's it's different than a lot of the other names that came up that are maybe more offensive guys. Um, but I do think it's interesting in a guy that apparently he was really, really high on the list from the get-go, and it made a lot of sense.
2: It sort of feels like Vandy tapping into a similar mindset maybe or similar approach to South Carolina, going out and getting someone with those ties, someone that appreciates – maybe the uniqueness of Vandy and the fact that this is it's an SEC job, but it is not a typical SEC job. It's very different. You have to take a very different approach there, and they went with somebody who I think knows that, obviously. So um, kind of interesting how the approach changes, and, and we'll see. I, I'm curious to see what Auburn does as well, the, the direction they take. Do they just go for – the, quote, uh, biggest name? Or do they sort of uh, go for an approach of um, trying to find that that right fit as well? I uh, had a question on here from Craig, who is one of our loyal listeners and watchers, about if Jaden Hazelwood could potentially come, from, come with Beamer from Oklahoma. Chris, I would say very little chance of something like that, just because you, you don't really see guys recruiting from their old – school anyway. Yep. And certainly Beamer, the way he's handled things and the respect that he has for Oklahoma, there's respect for Lincoln Riley. You know, I mean, maybe down the road, if there was a guy at Oklahoma that just wasn't playing and wanted to get a new start somewhere else, and maybe maybe Lincoln Riley himself said, hey, you know, why, why don't you see if Coach Beamer, won't, you know, won't you? If it was something where all sides were on the same page, maybe. But I can't see really any of Oklahoma's highly regarded guys just up and, and, and leaving there. Yeah, and definitely,
3: you know, not the type of guy that Shane Beamer is. Certainly not something he'd do to Lincoln Riley. I, I think it'd have to be exactly what you said, Wes, a guy that's already looking, you know, to leave. It's not a deal where Shane Beamer is going to start looking up and down the roster for Oklahoma. And obviously he wouldn't even have to look up and down the roster. He knows all the guys, but he's not going to start looking around going, okay, who can I who can I get from the roster? If it's guys that wanted to change, then maybe, you know, and you're going to see that from any school. I mean, South Carolina is going to be monitoring the transfer portal, you know, in real time, you know, from now until whenever. Um, But, yeah, I don't don't think that's something you can expect as a general rule for them to start looking at a bunch of Oklahoma players.
2: Uh, Steve, want to know if George Wilson, um, is there anything there with him in South Carolina? That's a name that's not really come back up as far as – really on either side as far as mutual interest goes. Um, now, he, he was, I believe, pegged for Auburn. That was what everybody thought he was going to end up. Now, Auburn has a coaching change as well. I don't know where he may end up now, maybe Florida State, something like that, but uh, I have not heard South Carolina and George Wilson come up. Uh, finally here, Chris, I told him a little bit about it early on, but you want to tell everybody a little bit about what they're going to get in the game day chair when they buy one for themselves for Christmas.
3: Yeah, and actually checking with the guys from Affordable Medical USA, home of the game day chair, sent them a message telling them how much interest there have been lately for some Christmas presents. And Wes, their message to me was, "Better get them soon because they're flying out of the sh- off of the shelves, so to speak." I don't know if they have a shelf for a game day chair; it's pretty big. But hypothetically, um, and a little bit hyperbolic, they have they are flying off the shelves. And
2: metaphorically.
3: Metaphorically, yeah, hyperbot, whatever, man. You know, this isn't a, a dictionary show. So, orthosaurus. So, you know, I, they they are they are flying off the shelves. So, if you want one, if you want a game day chair for Christmas for yourself or a loved one, they are awesome, super comfortable recliner, great addition to your man cave, your living room, whatever type of room you got in your house. Make sure you check it out. Variety of positions: lay flat, zero gravity, TV watching, lounge position. But make sure you give those guys a call, 803-926-1493. Go to affordablemedicalusa.com and search for the Maxi Comfort Cloud with Twilight technology, and that'll get you to the game day chair.
2: Um, Let's see. Kyle Foster wants to know, is uh, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins a hard commit to Georgia or does South Carolina have any shot? I think that's going to be a situation where – the gamecocks um are going to fall short on that one seems uh, chris to be pretty locked in with georgia that's what we've heard obviously whenever beamer took over i think they were going to make a phone call maybe and and check and see you always ask right you have to see you oh, yeah. have to check but he's uh he's pretty locked in with georgia
3: yeah that's that's very much our expectation is that uh you know georgia georgia's going to be the school he signs with on wednesday so Um, We'll we'll keep tracking it, of course, as always, but that's sort of what it looks like right now.
2: Yep. Uh, So uh, speaking of continuing to track everything, we'll have something on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, we'll have a special National Signing Day edition of the show and complete coverage on GamecockCentral.com. You got anything else, Chris?
3: No, man, appreciate it.
2: Uh, Sorry again that I was late. Uh, Probably will happen again many,
3: many times as things continue to go, but appreciate all the participation from all the loyal
2: listeners today. No doubt. All right. Appreciate y'all. Check it out. GCNSD for a free trial of GamecockCenter.com from now until January 29th, 2021. Uh, Thanks for your time. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all on Tuesday.
0: Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets. If your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel, that's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com
1: on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.